Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, Real Lifers. Hope everyone's having a great week. I still can't get over the explosive Summer House reunion part one. I'm so frustrated that they haven't had a proper reunion until season five, but also very grateful that we at least got it this season. I've also been looking at their social media and can't get over that Kyle and Amanda fostered a dog, and the dog ended up being pregnant. So now they have all of these puppies with the dog in their New York City apartment. Like, I I just, it's like, so hilarious. I'm so glad that they were able to take care of that dog. The puppies are adorable, but I just, I can't get over it. And speaking of dogs, Something happened to me a couple weeks ago, and I was going to tell you guys about it on the podcast, and I forgot. So this is ridiculous. I was with my dog, Stassi, in our dog park. My building where I live is kind of large, and we have our own dog park for the building. And a dog I didn't know kind of came in with these two guys. One of them lived in my building. Um, the other was dating someone who lived in my building. And it was that guy's dog. And they asked, oh, you know, what's your dog's name? And I said, no, Stasi. And the owner of the other dog goes, as in like Vanderpump Rules? And I was like, yes. And he's like, well, this is Ramona, as in Ramona Singer. <laughs> A French bulldog. So Stasi and Ramona, you know, took turns sniffing each other's butts. Of course, Stasi had a little bit of attitude like she normally does in the beginning of meeting a new dog, but they warmed up pretty quickly. But I just can't get over that there's someone else crazy enough in Washington, D.C. to name their dog after a Bravo celebrity. <laughs> Getting back to Summer House, I have so many thoughts. Okay, I know I went hard against Hannah and very kind of pro-Luke when I was on Ryan Bailey's podcast this past week, but here's what I think actually happened between Hannah and Luke. So we all saw last season, they were flirting, they were hooking up, it was almost as if they were dating, but it wasn't exclusive. And then when the show aired, because Hannah was his closest friend in the house, I think he leaned on her a lot while the show was airing. Could he? He's never been on television before like that. Definitely not on a reality show where, you know, all of a sudden people are talking about him and having opinions about him and, and things like that. He's just, it's a new experience, right? And so I think he really, that's why he was calling Hannah more. That's why they were speaking more. I do think that maybe she took it as, oh, he really likes me. But it does sound like they had a conversation about what they were. And the only thing that she seemed to take away from that was that he doesn't like labels. And what he took away from that is, oh, I told Hannah very clearly that we are not in a relationship and we are not dating and that we are better off as friends. So I'm not sure where the miscommunication happened, but 
it's very clear that she was dating people prior to going into the summer house for season five. And so it does feel like she went really hard against Luke and tried to make him look really bad when she wasn't completely heartbroken over him. Now, what came out at the reunion that I actually thought had a lot more merit or weight was what he had done to Sierra, which is they had been rebounding with each other. And then she had visited him, I think, twice in Minnesota. And after the second time she went there, he ghosted her and didn't speak to her for eight months because he got back together with his ex-girlfriend. And he didn't explain that to her. Yet, she decided to go on a show with him and to spend a summer with him living in this summer house. So I think she got over whatever happened between them, but it does explain why she could kind of quickly switch against him a bit more to me. But my big takeaway from this entire, you know, reunion part one is that Hannah is not going to take any accountability for the horrible and very mean things she has said about nearly every one of the people in the house. And I think that's because I didn't realize it until now that Hannah is a full-fledged narcissist and truly incapable of understanding that she can hurt others because in her world and in her mind, she is always the victim. Always. So when the others are telling her, when you did this, it hurt my feelings and it was really mean, she's thinking, no, 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 no. You hurt my feelings. You were mean to me. That's the only story that we're going to tell. And so she's having trouble reconciling. I can see like her mind just, it's not computing. (laughs) And I I don't know why it took me so long to, to realize this. I remember my therapist once told me that it's really difficult to treat people with narcissistic personality disorder. And the only way that he's ever had success is when they decide to get treatment and support and they come and they say, some things in my life aren't going well. And maybe, just maybe, I might have something to do with it. But clearly, (laughs) Hannah's not at that point. I mean, they're pointing out issue after issue and thing after thing that she has said or she has done, and she is just not taking any accountability. So it was really interesting when Danielle finally was like, you are the instigator. You are the toxic force. These things weren't just happening to you. You were creating the things that were happening. You weren't just a victim and things were happening at you, right? And of course, Hannah's response is, what have I ever done to you? Andy had to explain, she's giving you constructive criticism, but Hannah can't take any of it in. She is the perpetual victim. And I was glad that Kyle finally pointed out that she uses these buzzwords like toxic masculinity and dominating force to make men in her life look bad and make it seem that there is some sort of you know, misogyny going on, and that she's fighting against it as this like woke feminist. But really, she just can't handle being held accountable for anything she does. And I couldn't get over watching the playback of the scene where Kyle is bringing up the fact that 
her, Paige, and Sierra were really not pulling their weight around the house. And in that scene specifically, Kyle did not raise his voice, right? And in the scene where they were sitting down and she yells at him about, you know, don't bring up my dad, he also wasn't raising his voice. So I don't want to discount like whatever issues Hannah has from her dad yelling at her for all those years that he was her tennis coach, but she can't just keep going back to that place where anytime a man is speaking to her and pointing out a flaw that she's just like, you're toxic masculinity, like you're trying to dominate me, you're trying to show power over me. It was, it's just, it's not cute. It's, nasty, and it diminishes when something actually is toxically masculine, right? Like she's diminishing those words by describing something that isn't that. (sighs) I just, I mean... It's also interesting, the podcast drama that came up. And Hannah just, again, doesn't want to acknowledge or she doesn't believe she said the things that she said. Uh, But she's going on podcasts all the time. She has been since season three and saying things about her castmates that they're not saying about her, right? They're not going, Carl's not going on tons of podcasts and saying personal things or nasty things about Hannah. But Hannah did say that Carl was snorting Adderall and that he got a nosebleed and she was joking, how much Adderall are you snorting? And that's not a cool thing to say, especially now that we know so much more about Carl's struggles with sobriety. And it was also interesting, I think, all the stuff that has come out in the last few weeks uh, or month with this argument that happened that I guess wasn't shown on camera, where Hannah says something like, well, I'm paid to be your friend, which is such a nasty thing to say, especially since the cast, I think, really truly like views themselves as friends. And so to get back at her, Kyle had a dig like, well, I gave you this career, right? Because he and his friends started Summer House, the show. And if they hadn't done that, then she wouldn't have been cast on the show and then she wouldn't have a career. So I, I get what he's trying to say. It's not a nice thing, but it was in retaliation to something mean that she said. And when she tells the story, she's the victim, right? Because she's always the victim. And it's just exhausting. And it's exhausting for her friends, including Paige, who just decided not to bring up things to Hannah anymore because when she tried it last summer, it didn't work. So she just decided to be quiet. And I don't know, I guess I feel like we're at the end of our rope with Hannah and and this show. I before said, oh, I don't really want her off the show because she brings so much drama. But if she's not actual friends with these people, then I don't know how she returns for season six. Speaking of another season six, Real Housewives of Dallas. I think they actually will be renewed for a season six, but I believe that probably Brandy and Carrie won't be back. And it's so rough to watch, just like Hannah, Carrie just not really taking accountability for her actions. And it was interesting to see that the other women on The Real Housewives of Dallas are good friends with Carrie. I mean, they've only been on two seasons together. And for whatever reason, they feel very close to her. And 
I think they haven't wanted to point out her flaws until she breaks into JR's room with Brandy and she breaks the plexiglass. And that's just, you know, again, time and time again, they go places and she destroys property. She's mean. She's rude. And we find out in the finale of The Real Housewives of Dallas that she's likely going through some serious marital problems. And I think on the reunion, we find out probably that her and Eduardo are getting a divorce. But then uh, me as a viewer, I'm like, well, why didn't you talk about any of this the entire season? If you choose to not speak about something that's going on in your life, then you're in a sense not being authentic on camera. You're only showing us pieces of yourself, not the whole thing. And I don't like that. And I don't want to see it. Also, one thing about this trip on The Real Housewives of Dallas, Brandy and Carrie are the kind of people that I'm like horrified to travel with people that stay up all night drinking and expect you to like be in on their shenanigans. It's almost like when you were a kid and you went to sleepovers and there were always a few kids that like wanted to stay up all night. I was never that kid. I always wanted to get some sleep. I'll stay up a little late, but then at some point, like you get in your sleeping bag and you go to bed. And for, and for, you know, Brandy and Carrie to terrorize these other, like they're grown women, okay? And they're terrorizing their friends who are just trying to sleep. It was just, it's kind of painful to watch. Like, why are you behaving this way? Like, what is going on in your personal lives that you need to act out so much. You need to stay up all night drinking. So we're finding out, you know, that Carrie and Eduardo aren't doing well. And then I think we're going to find out a lot more about Brandy and Brian not doing so well. And there's obviously that video where it's quite clear that he was cheating on her. And uh, and then we find out that she's pregnant and she's 16 weeks pregnant and she didn't know it. And during this episode, she falls down the stairs. I mean, it was just so cringy. And then the whole thing ends so abruptly. They barely show the husbands hanging out. This is definitely not the Real Housewives of New Jersey where the husbands steal the show. Ugh, it's just, it's sad. And it makes me sad because I think Tiffany and DeAndra are fantastic housewives. I think Cam's also a pretty good housewife, and I think they deserve better. So I hope for next season, they get a few new housewives. All right. Thank you for listening to my rants. Um, this week's guest is Larry from at Bravo by Gaze. He is so sweet. He is so kind. And I'm really excited for you guys to listen to our conversation. Um, a couple other notes. I was on Ryan Bailey's podcast, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. So definitely check that out. And then this week, I'm going to be on Dumpster Dive with Tom and Kix. So check that out as well. As always, be sure to follow me on social media at Mandy Slutsker. I love hearing from you. Please reach out. And if you like the podcast, give it a review and a nice note. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all. I hope you have a wonderful week. Hi, everyone. I am here with the hilarious Larry from at Bravo by Gaze. I've been waiting to talk to him on this podcast for honestly, well over a month. So I'm so excited that you're here. How is it going? Hi, everything's really good. I'm super excited too. I know we planned this like a month ago. and I'm like, oh, it's finally here. So 
I'm oh, no. excited to, uh, <laughs> to chit chat. So I'm so glad that we're talking because this week we just found out that Vanderpump Rules, which honestly is was my favorite Bravo show for many mm-hmm. years, is coming back for season nine, and we even got a few clips. Like, what? What are your thoughts? Are you a Vanderpump fan? Excited they're back. Yeah, I'm a huge Vanderpump Vander, oh, Vanderpump fan. Um, I'm excited that they're coming back. I wasn't ready for it to be over after last season. I know a lot of people didn't like last season because of like the mixture between the old cast and the new cast. But I mean, we still get the Toms. We still get um, Ariana, Katie, Sheena. I'm sure Brock is going to be a part of a part of it now. Um, James, Raquel. We still have so many good people that I can't wait to see what route they like take the show and with them on top of whatever new cast members they bring in. And I've been watching it since day one. It's been probably my most favorite show on Bravo, aside from like Summer House Southern Charm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. The clips came out. I was really like, it just brought me back. I'm like, oh, it's coming. And to find out it's coming so soon this fall, I'm ready for it. Like, give me VPR all day. Me too. I, you know what, I've learned throughout COVID that. I'm just going to accept what programming we get, right? It's not going to be the same because, you know, filming is a bit different and maybe some of the seasons are shorter than they used to be, but we'll get back to it, you know, and we should just be thankful for what we get. Now, you mentioned some of your other favorites are Southern Charm and Summer House. Do you feel like you relate more to the shows that have a younger cast? Yeah, I think so because I look at them and I look at their friend groups and I can relate to like, kind of like what they do like lifestyle wise, like going out and hanging out with friends and all of that stuff when they're younger. And I mean, I will always like, are you kidding me? The housewives, I can like pump them through my veins. Like I could never <laughs> live without them. Right. Um, but I do, I like the other shows. Those are, those are my favorite shows aside from um, the housewives franchises. And when did you start your fan account? Um, November of 2019. Um, oh so gosh. I started it. Yeah. I was like, just like looking at all these accounts. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to try and like, see what I can do. Um, and like, see how it goes. And it was kind of like an outlet for me to just like, not have to bombard my boyfriend with everything Bravo. <laughs> so like, this is a full on Bravo household. Like I have the books are stacked on the TV shelf. I have Andy Cullen's baby shower framed above our bar area. You do not. That is yeah. incredible. Oh my god! I need to see. Yeah. You're going to have to send me a photo of this after. Oh yeah, I'll DM. I'll DM it to you afterwards. But yeah, um, so I started it like, just as an outlet. So and he just lets me run with it and like do whatever. He probably thinks I'm freaking crazy. Um, but I started it like just as that, like an outlet to have some fun and like really like see what I can like what I could do with it. And then I really ran with it in quarantine. Mm-hmm. like March I was like okay because I would only post like from November to 2019 through March 2020 maybe like once a week and I would never really pay attention to it um and then once quarantine hit I just like I ran with it and it's just so much fun I've met so many cool people like yourself and like all like the other creators and some of the Bravo labs like and it's just been so much fun and everyone is so inclusive and the community is like so cool like we have, like it's just something fun to do and there's always something going on every day, you know? 
I think so too. I feel like I've met some of the most wonderful people. And I'd been doing this podcast for years before mm-hmm. COVID, but I didn't really like dive deep into it in the way that I have since COVID in terms mm-hmm. of reaching out to have more new guests, people I've never spoken with before, but you know, I want to hear what they have to say, um, engaging more with people, with listeners, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like I'm learning so much, you know, people send DMs and share their own perspectives and I share my perspective and you share yours and mm-hmm. we're all just like experiencing this. It's fun, but I also feel like I've learned so much. Oh, 100%, yeah. I mean, even just like, from people I talk to on a daily basis, like we may disagree about things, but at the end of the, at the end of the day, we're all watching the same show and we're all just like doing it for entertainment purposes. So it really opens up a dialogue for you to like really talk about your disagreements on certain things. And I'm constantly talking to people about stuff and learning from them. And I'm sure they're probably learning from me based on my opinions. So it's all really cool. It's so cool. Who have been your favorite Bravo Lebs that you've engaged with, like through your account? Um, Leva Monopart from Southern nice. Charm is probably one of the best humans I've ever met. Like she Aww. is, well, like met online, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Um, like how we've met. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, her, she's been really cool. Um, and I really, um, I like Bali from Family Karma. Okay. She is like super engaging and super easy to talk to. So much fun. Um, and then housewife wise, I really like talking to Margaret Josephs. I think she's great. Um, I yeah, love I mean, her. They're, all, they're all really cool and they all really like respond well. And like, cause I, on my page, I really don't try to like, I don't go hard at people. Like I really do try to like make it nice. Like Dorinda would say, like, I don't do like a lot of, you know how some pages are just go like super hard with the shade. Right. Or like they, like. Yeah, I just, I don't like doing that because I want to make sure that, like, if I am going to talk to somebody, like, they don't come and, like, see something on my page that they feel offended by. You know what I mean? Right. And I think shade in general and the way that, like, we'll get into Atlanta, the women of Atlanta have sort of perfected Mm -hmm. the art of fun shade, Mm -hmm. which I don't have that, like... I feel like I either say something and I like mean to offend (laughs) or I'm really nice. (laughs) There's not a whole lot of in between, but the fun shade where like they're making fun of each other and lightly roasting each other. That's a really fun place. And I love the fan accounts that joke because the housewives and the Bravo liberties that are in on the joke, like that's the fun part. And I think so many more of them are in on it Mm -hmm. rather than, watching and feeling like offended by everything because you can't get offended that much if you're on tv everyone's gonna have an opinion about you oh yeah everyone's gonna have an opinion i mean literally you're going into reality tv especially in a network like bravo where it has such a huge community there's so many fan accounts you're gonna be turned into a meme before your show even hits the air like so i mean they they know what's coming you know what i mean but i mean and the only person i really don't cut any slack with is Jax, but... Oh, well, Jax yeah. is no longer a Bravo celebrity. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it is it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, they and it's they seem to enjoy it. They, they, they like the jokes, and so I just try to keep it fun and light and then just have fun with it. Nice. I like that. Well, let's get into Atlanta. So it was part one of the reunion. Yes. I mean, do you think they brought it? Is, do you think, is it going to be three parts? 
oh god, I hope not. I feel like it's one. <laughs> like, two at max. Um, no, I don't think it's going to be. I well, I mean, I'm sure we'll get three parts. Uh, Bolo, I'm sure will take up half of one episode anyway. Um, do I think they brought it? No, not for the reunion, not part one. Um, I really didn't feel like invested in anything they were talking about until the end of part one when Latoya got on and started shading Drew. And then that really got me excited for part two because I was like, oh, next week's going to be really good. Right. I thought that too. It was interesting. I mean, just first off with what they were wearing, it felt Mm -hmm. like only Candy was going with the assignment of the dungeon. And everyone else was just like wearing dark outfits that were beautiful, but Mm -hmm. not dungeon. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, if they would have all went in for it with um, the dungeon theme, because I I spoke to Shamia and I I, like asked her what the theme of it was. And she said, Fifty Shades of Grey, dungeon, long black dress. I was like, okay, so they all took the safe route with long black dress and Candy showed up like ready to become, be the mistress. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I mean, to be honest, like they didn't really like, there wasn't one that really stuck out to me. Like if you were right. going to follow the theme, Candy, hands down one. I mean, I didn't really care for what she like, what she was wearing, but she's really the only one that list like followed instructions. But there wasn't one book that really stuck out to me that like I was like, oh my God, you look amazing. Right. I mean I thought Kenya looked absolutely incredible, mm-hmm. but it wasn't anything we hadn't seen before, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean they I mean, all looked, they all looked incredible. Not one where I'm yeah. like, okay. Like Portia, she looked like she wore her dress from Cynthia's wedding. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man. It was just <laughs> interesting because I feel like there's so much at least on this reunion, that I felt like was left unsaid. I felt mm-hmm. like there was a lot of like people biting their tongues. And what was said was very calculated. It just felt like to me. So even going into like Kenya and Portia's argument around Portia's activism on Black Lives Matter, like Kenya was saying, well, I never said I didn't believe in what she's doing, but I wasn't included in the public service announcement. And then... You know, but then she's saying her actions and her words don't match up, but she wasn't giving examples. I don't know if it was how it was edited, but I felt like I really wanted to see them get into it and say what they really think about each other. And I felt like they weren't doing that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I would have liked to see so much more conversation between them about that because Kenya did shade Portia this season about her activism. And she, I think she even said something like, oh, she's, like, she knew she was going to get arrested or something like that earlier on in the season. Um, and I mean, I think Portia's doing great work and using her platform for a really amazing purpose. And I'm sure that they all are, but really, I, I mean, we're, we're seeing Portia, like, all over the place with it. Um, I would have liked them to go into more depth about both of them and what they're doing on each side and really, like, come head to head about why you guys are disagreeing about what her, like why Kenya disagrees about what Porsche is doing activism wise. You know what I mean? Right. And do you know all the backstory with that? In regards to what? So it sounds like one of the things that happened and this came out in an article in variety, I think um, a few weeks ago about how when 
things were happening um, last like May and June and stuff, Candy ended up in a conversation with Bravo executives and she sent them a letter with a list of demands, like having more black production companies, you know, that kind of a thing. And then afterwards, she reached out to all of them, um, the rest of the cast, I mean, um, majority of them, including Portia. And I think Portia wished she was in on the letter from the beginning. And so then Candy and Portia, I guess, got into it on camera. But then Portia, you know, kind of begged production not to show that because she thought it would have painted the whole Black Lives Matter movement in a negative light. And and I see that now, but I also, as someone who works in advocacy, like really wanted to see them argue, have like mm-hmm. a nuanced argument over tactics, because no movement, even people who all believe in the movement, not everyone thinks that things should happen the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Like people who push for, you know, the our country to do more on climate change there are people who are doing stunts in the lawn of the white house and there are people who are marching and there are people who are passing legislation like there's all kinds of things that you can do and so i would have wanted to see that actually in the the back end of that rather than i don't know rather than them glazing it over and then making it seem that Kenya, who I think took Candy's side in this argument, was just saying negative things about Portia's a- activism just to say them. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I watched Portia's lot, the whole live of her like describing everything that happened. And I agree. I would want to see it as well. I mean, I want to see it from all sides. I want to see everything right. that's going on. And then I want to see you guys come to a common ground together. And then go from there instead of like going behind someone's back, quote unquote, or whatever anybody did. Um, and then it causes a rift between cast members now where if everything would have just been aired, they could have, we could have seen it come from all, like all places and then have them come to a resolution. I think that would have been so entertaining. And I think people really would have been would have enjoyed to see them go through that process of working it out. I think so too. It just makes me sad that Portia and others don't trust the Bravo viewership, and maybe we don't deserve to be trusted with that story. You know yeah. what I mean? It may be mm-hmm. too sensitive, and we may not be able to see the the nuance. But I would have mm-hmm. enjoyed it. And I also don't like when things happen off camera and they are so pivotal to like what happened that season that when it's not shown we can tell like we can tell something happened and we don't know what it is and we don't understand why there's tension between certain people and and not others now another piece of tension i feel like i picked up on and i'm hoping for next season is a candy sort of being annoyed with drew i I mean i'm glad that you're thinking drew is going to come back (laughs) (laughs) i think so i think they need more housewives not Mm -hmm. less so like i'd prefer if they kept the cast and added multiple wives rather than kicked people out so keep drew keep latoya have her be maybe full-time um and then add marlo and then yeah. we can have the shamias and the others you know maybe some some new people but yeah, I, I think Drew's coming back mainly because I think she has a real relationship with 
I think Cynthia and definitely Portia. And I think there is real tension with Candy. And I want to see that. Yeah, no, I mean, I always like a cast of six or seven. I don't like five. I feel like we don't get enough, like, storyline because you're focused way too much on, like, one person. I like, and I like, like, I don't want to, like, kind of derail, but, like, Beverly Hills always has so many housewives. Like, I love, Mm -hmm. I love when there's a lot of them. So, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think... Drew will will come back for a second season. I was always a fan of Drew from like back in her days, like on the game and like her music and acting, like from years and years ago. And I was really excited to have her on the show. Um, she didn't really get interesting for me towards the end, um, but I mean, I can see her coming back for a second season. Um, and I, I, yeah, I mean, I mean, does Marlo want a peach? I mean, I feel like they would have lost her now. She finally spoke out on it. Oh, did she? On well, then give her a peach. I mean, she does. She deserves it. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. She's in the work, and then add in one new one. I would yeah. be okay with that. Um, yeah, I mean, you can tell, especially at that finale. Um, Candy was really fed up with her, and I would like to see how that relationship either like works out or even gets further deteriorated. <laughs> like, yeah. And then on the reunion, when Ralph came out and he was, you know, giving his bullshit excuses of why he left his wife and family for three mm-hmm. days to go to Tampa. And, you know, Candy's like, she doesn't buy it. I don't buy it either. I don't buy it either. <laughs> and that's what I like. Candy's really honest about these things. And so I want to see more of Candy's like honest opinions. I, I'm a huge fan of Candy. I've oh, me this too. Before. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want her to her. ever go anywhere. <laughs> She's great. She's just, there are so few housewives that like are so truly respectable as human beings, mm-hmm. you know, and she's just such a force like in her field, you know, in songwriting and entertainment and business and the restaurants. And she's just, she's incredible. Yeah, She's a powerhouse. She has so much going on for her. And like, uh, I mean, and I think Bravo really respects her as well. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? They're, they're going to take her opinions and suggestions and whatnot in, I don't think she's going anywhere. Now, one thing I thought was really interesting, um, and I think we'll see some of it on the Dallas reunion as well, but you see Kenya get asked about the Halloween costume where she dressed as a Native American. Mm -hmm. And she apologized for that and says she received a lot of vitriol, but it was explained to her why what she did was wrong. And then Andy said, well, why was it wrong? And I appreciated that she gave like a thoughtful response, you know, and she was saying, you know, I thought it would be okay because I had aunts who lived on reservations. There are Native Americans in my family, but it's you know not a costume. Feathers are sacred. It's spiritual. You know, people don't want to be mocked. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is almost like a form of mocking when you make it a costume. And then she said, if I have this heritage, I should have known better. And I thought that that was her taking accountability. But then, (laughs) then she has to go and point fingers and say, Oh, Portia, your sister dressed up as a Native American. Oh, Drew, you dressed as an Indian. Mm -hmm. And that I felt like took away a little bit from the accountability that I felt like she did a good job of taking. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I agree with you. I think I wish she would have just stopped and then not gone in on Lauren and Drew and all of that 
Um, and then still, even recently, she's like, see, I told you she wore it at a party with her tweets and she's tweeting the photo of Drew. And like, I wish she would have just made her statement about how she knew what was wrong and how she educated herself and just left it at that. But it's Kenya. Kenya, like, really, like, I feel like she likes to point the finger because she feels like if it, like, if it was the other way around, people would be attacking her about it. And that's exactly what I think the issue is with Bolo. She Mm -hmm. thinks that if it was her fucking Bolo, that everyone would talk about it and no one would let it go. And so she is bringing up what happened because it actually happened. And she doesn't Mm -hmm. like that everyone's pushing it under the rug and is being loyal to Portia by not talking about it on camera. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I think she said it on the show. If it was me, you guys would be dragging me through the house. Right. So, yeah, I, I, that's exactly what it is with her. Um, totally. I just wish she would know kind of when to stop. You know what I mean? I know. That's a thing with so many housewives. I feel like they take it to the edge. Some cross. Some know to, like, pull back. And and Kenya just goes a little bit too far. She doesn't go too, too far, but just a little too far that, like, you take someone like me who was like, wow, you did a great job taking accountability. And then I'm like, uh, and you kind of couldn't because you still had to put the heat on other people. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean as much as I, and I'm, I'm just going to say it, as much as I really like, I really want them all to just like do what they have to do and just accept like what they did was wrong, state their case and keep it moving. But then a little part of me is also like, okay, but like, if you're going to give us more, give us more. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, totally. It was just um, Portia made a whole lot of sense when she was saying, "If you want for you want forgiveness immediately, but you never extend that to anyone else." And you know, Portia saying, "I had a similar situation. Like I'm a black woman. I should have known about the Underground Railroad, but I didn't. Right? And so I educated myself. I apologized for not knowing, you know, publicly on Watch What Happens Live. But yet you still keep bringing it up. And so." I, I do think Kenya needs to, part of, I think, taking accountability is not redirecting the attention on other things. Like, you sit in your discomfort, you know? Yeah. And she brought, up, she brought up the Underground Railroad this season. That's, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Kenya. Kenya sometimes is her own worst enemy. I mean, most oh, of the time. Yeah. Oh, it's just, I can't wait to see a season of her, like, with her daughter, but free of Mark, you know? Oh my God, that man is poison. He is. And I'm glad that she's finally acknowledging it, but it's so crazy that she won't take any shit from her friends or from her castmates, but she will take shit from a man. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what that is. And I don't know if it's maybe like the, like her relationships from like growing up and all of that, but like, and if she's like lashing out on her friends, you know what I mean? And it's just like, I just want to see good Kenya, fun Kenya, maybe a little bit of drama, but more fun. You know what I mean? I think she needs like a season to redeem herself from like the shit show that she's caused the past few seasons. Like, and I mean, I'm hoping that when everything is done with Mark, that we she will maybe have like a weight lifted off her shoulders and she won't be made. That was the word I'm looking for. She won't be like, so I don't even know how to say it. Like dreadful, maybe. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like (laughs) she won't be such like 
she is like she right. just won't be so awful. I wouldn't feel like miserable watching her. Do you think that since she's been with Mark and since he's been what I believe is emotionally abusive via what we've witnessed, do oh, you yeah. think that she's gotten worse towards other people? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Because I know she's always been harsh on people and she's always thrown shade that can can sting a little more than it than other people's, right? And yeah. she's always kind of punched a little too low. But do you feel like it's like truly gotten worse with Mark? Yeah, I think yeah. so, especially after the way he treated her last season. Like when they had that, um, that benefit and like how he didn't want to like be around her and like all that stuff. I think, of course, she's going to take those experiences. And he, I mean, she probably does talk to him about it, but she's probably so angry that she doesn't know what to do about it. And she's like lashing out on her friends and peers. So, Right. How do you feel that Ralph came across this season because it seemed like he was very different in the beginning of the season. And then he very much changed his tune. Oh, Ralph, 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 Ralph. Um, I liked Ralph episode one, beginning of episode one. I was like, Oh my God. Yes. I was like, they have, they're like happily married. He's very attractive. Um, They're like, well to do. And then he lost me at Tampa. And then he lost me when he said that, when Drew said that um, she found the recordings of them in the phone. And I was, and then he lost me when he did all the moving plans without her. I'm like, what is going on with this man? Like, it's very suspect. Like, I don't, I don't get it. And they're painting the, and you know what? Maybe they are very happy together. Each relationship is different, but they're painting this perfect marriage, quote unquote, when nobody is buying it. Nobody is buying it except for the two of them. Like, no. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I need Ralph to redeem himself. I'm not here for him right now. I don't know if I trust him because he is very charming. And mm-hmm. I like people that are that charming can be very manipulative and very harsh and very mean. I think Mark Daly can also be incredibly charming. Like, mm-hmm. I trust the more honest kind of you know, husband, but between Drew and Ralph, like they act like they're so happy, but I don't know. Don't like serve me, you know, a shit pie and say it's chocolate. Like uh, yeah. it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> you it, know? Like, I mean, yeah, I completely agree. And like, I mean, that anniversary dinner, like, like that just like left a sour taste in my mouth. Like, Oh my God. Like I just really want him to, and maybe they, maybe they, something else went down in therapy that we don't know about and we're getting another story. But, and if they're trying to work it out, good for them. Um, he came off like an asshole this season. And I really did not, I didn't like it because I thought I was going to, I, I was rooting for him. I thought he was going to be a good one and he wasn't. Yeah. Oh man. But then I liked him, then I liked him with, um, her son and trying to find like the, like getting the relationship with, um, his biological father. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is kind of a problematic word. Like old dad, as if you've got something new and better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel yeah. like I don't know. There's a lot there. And I I had been talking about it and I talked to other people and I understand part of why I think Drew put it on camera, both because it was like a real story that was happening and also for proof, like for custody potential battles that this is what Josiah wants and desires. But then when there were 
there was the actual meeting of the biological father. It felt like, do we really need another scene where this kid is on camera and clearly uncomfortable? Yeah. And that made me feel awkward watching it, right? Oh, 100%. I agree with you. Yeah, I wish they would have maybe just had the conversation with him about his biological father on camera, but leave the meeting for off. Because he's so young. Like, And I feel like maybe the cameras made him feel even more uncomfortable about it. Oh, definitely. So I feel like they should have just not, they should have given us the conversation and not the actual meetup. Because at that meetup, I didn't even think he was going to show up. The whole thing was so uncomfortable. Yeah, it really was. It really was. And it was a little awkward that Ralph was there because it's Mm -hmm. sort of like, I mean, I'm I'm sure he wants to be there to protect his adopted son and his and his wife, but it also doesn't really give space for Josiah to form a bond Mm -hmm. with his biological father too. The whole thing was just um, uncomfortable. And then for Drew to be upset at the reunion that Kenya had an opinion about it, like a lot of people are going to have an opinion about your family and how you put things on camera. And so, you know, for her to like get so worked up about it, I don't know. I mean, she made a decision to put her kid in this whole thing on camera. I think she needs to accept that not everyone's going to like that decision. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I'm not a Kenya fan whatsoever. She's not one of my favorite people. But in her defense, her and Drew aren't friends whatsoever. So why are you so upset about Kenya's opinion of what, of how it was handled? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if you don't, and if you don't like, if you don't like Kenya, don't let her opinion affect you so heavily. A hundred percent. Yeah. I wonder if that, that because those episodes were more recent and the tweets were more recent that like, that's something she went into the reunion upset about, Yeah, you know, but I don't know. Any (laughs) final thoughts on Atlanta before we do a little dip into Dallas? Um, um, you know what? No, I think we covered it. I mean, mean, I'm just excited. I mean, maybe Cynthia will speak. Next <laughs> right? well, I want to like hear from her and I am excited for her to be in the hot seat about her wedding. I cannot wait because this is the moment I've been waiting for because that entire watching it on Instagram, like her planning it and watching it all go down. I was cringing. So I cannot wait for them. To, I hope I hope they give it a few minutes worth of talk time because I cannot wait for them to get into it. Um no, I'm excited for Marlo to come in. I'm sure she'll shake it up a little bit. I'm excited for more Latoya. I know a lot of people didn't really care for her, but I thought she was funny. Um, I mean, she maybe went a little low sometimes, but I'm excited for what she has to say for um, the remainder of the reunion. But I'm just hoping it's better than the first part. Me too. Yeah, the first part was a little bit of a snooze. Yeah, we just spent 30 yeah. minutes talking about it. So right. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't have been that bad. Now, Dallas. It sounds like we were chatting before and you sort of just hopped off the Dallas train. What led you to that? Um, I don't like Brandy Redmond and I'm really not a fan of Carrie either. And just the way that they act is just not, I mean, it just, it made me not want to watch. So yeah. Have you seen all the photos of them from the reunion that came out with the terrible backlighting? It gave me so much life to see Brandy look so miserable that she even had to be there. Oh, God. But it's, it's her time to be in the hot seat. So you know what? 
whether she had a ring light or if she had to use the flashlight on her phone, I don't care. Like, I we need to see what she has to say. So in this episode, there was a confrontation of Carrie over her, like, problematic behavior over the season where she broke things, was drinking a lot, was taking things too far, had sort of a streak of meanness. Since the last full episode of Dallas you watched was last season, did you see any of that side of Carrie on season four? I mean, she's always been, I feel like, kind of like a party girl. Like she likes with tequila, all of that stuff. Um, but I think she really like went in heavy with it this season. And I don't know what's going on in her personal life. Maybe that's causing her to act out a different way. Um if it is, I feel like she needs to get that situated before she puts her life on reality TV. Because I feel like the reality TV portion of it is just going to make what you're doing so much worse. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. So She hinted at it this episode. It kind of sounds like things aren't... And it wasn't even her. It was the other women also. Mm-hmm. It's like everyone knows this, un, this secret that hasn't been spoken, which is that yeah. her marriage is in trouble. And yeah. she's acting out the whole time. And then it feels like the show isn't authentic. Because if you're not showing your marriage trouble, or at least you're not talking about it, then you're hiding a huge part of your life. And you're only showing us what you want us to see, which doesn't feel authentic to me. So I think the viewers have like picked up on the fact that, you know, there are some things that they just don't say on Dallas, which reminds me of Beverly Hills, how they all kind of have a pact of certain things they don't bring up. And then the viewer gets pissed because we know something's going on and we know you're not telling us. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with you. I know. I um, I I know what happens in like the last episode where her husband didn't want he he faked a sickness or maybe he was sick, but people were saying he, he didn't want to be around them. Um, and then I saw the reunion preview, and she said alluded something to it. So whatever it is, I hope they just get it situated and taken care of, so that way they can just move on hopefully in a more positive direction. Yeah. It just sucks because this was Tiffany's first season and I think she is a fantastic housewife. She brings so much with her fashion, the fact that she's an anesthesiologist, her marriage, her kids, her relationship with her mom, her trying to find her footing in a, you know, as being a friend of like in a girlfriend group that she never had. There's so many layers to her And I feel like so many viewers didn't get to see that because they were so turned off by Carrie and Brandy this season. And that makes me sad. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, I think Tiffany Moon is great. And I wish this wouldn't have been her first season. I wish she would have either been on prior or they would have brought her on maybe next season after they fixed what's going on with the current cast, because then I think she really would have thrived. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's got it all. I mean, she's beautiful. She's rich. She is funny. Like, she's got all the makings of a great housewife. So, fingers crossed, she comes back. But I don't know. I've been hearing, like, maybe she won't because of everything that's going on this season. But I'm hoping she does. 
I really am because people love her and I, I love her. I, I watch, I watch the stuff that she does. So I really hope she does come back, but they've been, they said they've been trying to get her on the show for the past three years. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get on a show like this when you're working full time as an anesthesiologist and you're getting published in medical journals. I mean, that's. Yeah. And you're a parent. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Right. And she's got two, um, I think, stepchildren as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on in her life. And I feel like she just doesn't sleep. Yeah, I know. I really I mean, I hope I really hope she comes back. I know. OK, well, not going to spend any more time on Dallas. Let's take a <laughs> quick break and we will come back with everyone's favorite or at least mine, Jersey. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. All right, I'm back with Larry at Bravo by Gaze to talk about the Real Housewives of New Jersey. So, have you decided to read Marge's book like I have? <laughs> like, I want to know, are other people reading it or is it just me? Oh, I'm going to read it. I'm okay. waiting for it to come in the mail. Yeah, I am definitely going to read it, especially after they've talked about it the few times that they have on this season. I'm pumped. Yeah, I haven't read, I don't think, like a housewife book so far. I tried to read the one that Erica Jane wrote, you know, Mm -hmm. wrote in quotes, that Brian (laughs) Moylan um, ghost wrote, but I couldn't get into it. Like, it just was so cold. Like, she wasn't showing us enough of herself. Like, I felt like I just couldn't get a grasp on who she was as a person. But I was like, I can't do this. With Marge... (laughs) You definitely get a sense of who she is as a person. Mm-hmm. I actually find myself wanting her to spend more time talking about things and wanting to know even more detail, especially the parts in the beginning where she does talk about being a woman working in fashion and being, um, you know, persuaded or pressured into sleeping with her bosses that I feel like she didn't spend and I, I'm wondering if it's going to come back later when we get more into more depth about her marriage to Jan and that falling apart. But there it's like she gets to the point where she's saying like, I felt like I couldn't say no to certain people. And I want her to unpack that more. Like, where did that come from? How has she fought that? You know, what like where other are there other places in her life that she felt like she couldn't say no? What did she try and do to deal with it? If she mm-hmm. wasn't talking about it, was she like channeling that energy elsewhere? So I just want to know more. Yeah, we need like in-depth explanations. I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I was like, I could read, I could read like a thousand pages by Marge. I was like, you just need to add like, you know, 700 pages. To this book. <laughs> you um, find yourself reading it in her voice. Yes, entirely. And that is so wild. I can't, I can't get over. I mean, I hear it constantly. Her voice, I think, is the most memorable housewife voice for me. 
I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. I'm excited to read it. Um, I, I usually always get the, um, books that they write. I have a, like a collection of them. I don't read all of them, but I, but I have them. This one I'm reading as soon as I get it. Have you read Teresa's book? No. Okay. <laughs> like- no. I'm not reading anything by a woman who can't even pronounce the word ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> if another, but I love which housewife that hasn't written a book would you want to write one? Ooh. Um, uh, Dorinda. But Ooh. I also know coming out with one too, so I'm excited to read it. Oh, I feel like Dorinda's going to paint her life a little bit differently than it actually happened. Oh, you think? Yeah, I'm excited. I want. I wonder, like, even like what kind of book it'll be. But I want to know more about like the Richard days, the London days, going into like her current. Even though I feel like I already have an idea of like what it was, I want to read like her version of it. Um, I would also like to read a book by. Uh, Maybe, maybe Kyle Richards, but I mean, she did also did a show about her family, like her, I don't know, so maybe not her, but definitely Dorinda. And Kim was supposed to have a book, but that fell through. She wasn't meeting her publishing deadlines and they pulled the plug on it. Did you hear that? Remember when, uh, I don't even know if um, you were there, but they were talking about it and somebody was in one of the clubhouse rooms and Somebody had said that the writer she could not get in contact with her, um, and she was blowing off all these meetings. And then they saw her in like a CBS, and they oh were like, God. "What are you like? What are you doing?" So then they just pulled the plug on everything. Yeah, she's just. I don't understand people like that. I love Kim Richards. I am fascinated by her. I think she's incredible TV. But Mm -hmm. I do not understand how people like her and people like Catherine on Southern Charm, like people who do not respond to major attempts to get in touch. Like, how many phone calls can you blow off? How many emails can you blow off? Like, do you just not ever check like, i don't understand how that <laughs> I yeah i don't know how that works I, I have my phone on me at all times like i don't get how they're just or like i mean i don't answer phone calls unless it's like my mother or like somebody that like i'm expecting a call from but like to blow somebody off for just numerous amounts of days and I'm like you know what i mean like it just doesn't make sense to me i don't understand how people like that operate it's absolutely wild. It's like so against like who I am as a person and how I operate where I always respond quickly, especially with email, yeah. you know, and it's just like been drilled into me that you need to let people know you've gotten their email and you need to write back. And I just I can't get over it with Kim. It made more sense when she was using right and mm-hmm. she was like off and, you know, I'm sure she wasn't feeling well a lot of the time. But I don't understand it when she's sober. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, at least shoot a text message. Like, right. Yeah. It just like, it blows my mind that somebody would do that. I think there's like some anxiety that happens when you don't respond. And then a certain amount of time goes by and then you're like, well, I can't respond now because I've let this go on for too long. Right. (laughs) But that I feel like makes it even worse. Like just respond when you're able to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I get it. Like, when, not to derail again, but like 
when Danny had to like ask Catherine's like property manager like to check on her. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it shouldn't ever have to get that far. Like, at least let's check in with somebody and say, "Hey, I'm just not answering calls. Just tell everyone I'm good." You know what I mean? Like, right. I feel like it's a sign of severe emotional distress. Mm -hmm. And so then to see these people like on TV, it's like, oh, God, if they're in that severe emotional distress where they're they're not responding, Mm -hmm. like, is it appropriate for them to be on television? And Bravo obviously decided with Kim it wasn't, right? Great decision. Probably the best for her. But I mean, I want her to get better. And I, I would love to see her back on TV. Me too. Especially her, Kyle, and Kathy. Oh my god! To Together, I mean, wasn't that what they were trying to do from the beginning? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, but Kathy never really had any interest uh, until, for some reason, the season. But do you think Kathy is going to be coming hot or be a flop or somewhere in between? I think she. I think she's going to be really good. I and so I wasn't too. really. I wasn't excited for her in the beginning. I was like, oh, like what is she going to bring? Like another sister storyline for Kyle. Um, but Kathy Hilton is rich. She's apparently funny. Like she's, I think she'll make a good friend of, and I think she's. I think she'll do a good job. I'm excited to see what she does. I think she's a powerhouse because in mm-hmm. this like dynamic that they have on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Kyle is sort of the queen bee, but she doesn't make a good one because she's. Mm-hmm. She's just not who she's supposed to be. She's supposed to be like the Robin to a Batman. Mm-hmm. And so then to have Kathy, who is her elder, like, you know, she can't treat Kathy, I think, the way she treated Kim. Even though Kim was older than her, she mm-hmm. treated her like she was younger and immature. And, you know, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. It'll be funny to goes. see Kathy be be like, Kyle, don't talk to me like that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I feel like no one does that on the cast anymore to Kyle. Like, no one reprimands her for anything. Not that she needs to be reprimanded for lots of things. Just oh, yeah. everyone needs to be checked now and then. 100% agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what she does. All right. So let's uh, let's head back to Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so We're traveling today. We're, we're traveling. traveling. <laughs> we're, we're in Jennifer's uh, house at this tea that the women and their mothers are having. And Teresa had just left. I have no idea why they did a to be continued. That was like the one episode I've ever seen that did not need a to be continued. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I thought what was going to happen was they were going to show her at the cemetery. Like I thought they would have started out this episode with her seeing her mom at the cemetery and then gone back to the tea. That's the only reason I thought that they were going to be there, that they were going to do it to be continued. But I agree. That was absolutely not necessary. Oh, my heart broke, though. I mean, that whole thing. I don't Same. even know. I, I wish I, I wish Teresa hadn't even decided to go because, like, and I talked about this last episode, but I lost my mom and, like, having to be around mm-hmm. all these uh, people's, you know, all my friends and their mothers and, like, see up close, like, everything I'm missing it it would be have been way too much. And mm-hmm. she is much closer in time in terms of like when her mom died versus mine and I still wouldn't be okay. So I was like, I can't believe they did this. And um, in terms of they did this, I can't believe they like didn't say, oh, Teresa, you know, it's okay if you don't feel comfortable coming. Uh, you know, it's all of that. It's yeah. an odd dynamic. It's also unusual, not in New Jersey, but in general to have a group of women whose moms won are all still alive, two 
all live near them. Mm-hmm. All the moms live nearby. And yeah. that's um, really unique and special. I had a yeah, lot of jealousy I, watching it. <laughs> I know. I, I, I like it. I, I mean, they all have like really good relationships, relationships with their moms. So, um, I mean, I'm glad that Teresa, even though it's not her mother, it's her brother's mother-in-law. I'm glad Melissa's mom was kind of there. Oh yeah, definitely. Like a shoulder for her because her mom was obviously really good friends with um, her parents. So I'm glad she had that, but I agree. I wish she would have just decided to not go. Yeah. Like it was heartbreaking to watch. I like couldn't even imagine. I know. Um, What was interesting was the conversation that happened after she left. And I was glad that they could kind of like open up and everything. Mm -hmm. But everyone's talking about Dolores's relationship, which is going to keep coming up throughout this whole episode. But it was, um, it was like, I I don't know, you could tell that some of the women tell their moms everything. And then Dolores, she compartmentalizes so much, like she doesn't tell her children certain things. She doesn't tell her boyfriend certain things. She doesn't tell her mom certain things. And then Jennifer just like lets it all out there that the psychic said that David isn't her soulmate. Um, and it's like, well, does it matter what the psychic said? I, I don't know. The whole thing was just unusual. Um, and I hadn't until this episode seen what I thought would be any potential rift between Dolores and Jennifer. I agree. I really, really wish Jennifer would just think before she speaks, because why would you bring that up in front of her mom? When you've known Dolores for years now, so you probably know that something she probably wouldn't say to her in front of a group of your friends and their moms, like, which I love Jennifer. I think she's probably, well, no. Dolores is my number one for New Jersey. She is my probably my number one housewife, period, right now. For New Jersey, Jennifer's my number two, but I really wish she would think before she opens her mouth sometimes because she's got... Um, She's got a a sharp tongue, but like something like that was kind of just dumb for her to say. I feel like she does think before she talks, <laughs> which makes it worse. <laughs> like, I think she's like, "Wow, my mom and dad are arguing, and they're having this unusual situation in their marriage. Let's talk about all the other relationships going on where I feel like there is discord, and show my mom that it's not just her." Like, that's sort of what I thought was going on in her head. I mean, that makes sense as to why she wanted to have the tea. So, yeah, I can see that. I just, I mean, I'm ready for them to just leave Dolores alone. I know. (laughs) I've been campaigning for everyone to leave Dolores alone. I think David is just a fine boyfriend. Mm -hmm. He's a fantastic human. And I don't know why they won't let it, any of them won't let it go. I think it's because they don't want to talk about their own relationships. Totally. (laughs) Like, leave her alone. Like, if she is happy in her relationship and they are deciding right now to not get married, she's a strong woman. She said it in the episode. She is loved. He doesn't hit her. He doesn't yell at her. None of that. And if she wasn't happy, she would leave. And that should be all she had to say about it. And then they could have kept it moving. But... They didn't. And the thing with David um, that I think is that, like, he's a doctor. 
And I know Bill's a doctor as well, but maybe he is just isn't comfortable filming. And like he wants yeah. to protect his career or something like that. So maybe what he's giving to the show is all he can give to the show right now. Do you know what I mean? Totally. He's committed to her. He housed her ex-husband after he had his accident. <laughs> he housed her son during a pandemic to let him study and have a quiet place. Like if he didn't love her, he wouldn't do that stuff for her. And I get it. He bought her a Porsche, but like, okay, like I'll take a Porsche. I don't care. <laughs> like, I think his love language is acts of service. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 100%. What struck me, so I actually wrote down what Dolores said because I thought some of it was um, profound and some of it was incredibly troubling. Okay. So <laughs> she said, I went through hurt in my marriage. I enjoy the peace I get from this man. David doesn't hit. He doesn't yell. He doesn't scream. He doesn't swear. And he's good to my kids. And if I wasn't happy, I would walk out. Now, when she said he doesn't hit, and that was the first thing she said, who hit her? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I was thinking. I, like, and I don't even think it was Frank Catania. No, Maybe no, 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 no. Boyfriend or something like that. Yeah. Like, but I—that's the first word I picked up on, and I was like, "Oh, she has had some trauma." Was it her parents? Like, I have no idea. I—that yeah. is not something that comes out when you're trying to defend your relationship that that is just an unusual thing to say and it was startling (laughs) i was i so i am late to the jersey show like the jersey women i didn't start watching till maybe season uh, marge's first season siggy's last season was when i started dipping my toes into it but i couldn't stand siggy so i was like I didn't get full time until after that. So I okay. am really new to this to this yeah. franchise. Like I haven't seen early Jersey. I don't know a whole lot about Dolores and um Teresa's backstory as being really close friends. Yeah. But you know, I yeah, just so they've been yeah. really close. But I think um Dolores really I don't remember what season she started, but it was right around that time because she came in, I think, as a full-time housewife maybe right around when Siggy started. Okay. So you're not far off with Dolores, but anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no. So she was a longtime real friend of Teresa, correct? Yeah, her and Teresa, like, I think they grew up together. They were friends from school. They've known each other for 20-plus years. They, they go way back. Okay. I mean, she's a fantastic housewife. I love her situation with Frank and Frankie mm-hmm. and her daughter and her boyfriend. It's interesting. It's modern. It's something mm-hmm. we haven't seen before. And I'll take it. I just, I feel bad that when she's trying to defend her relationship, the first thing she says is, he doesn't hit me. And it's like, yeah. no one was saying he hit you. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah, no, I know. And that's, like I said, that's the first thing I thought so. In my head, I instantly went, oh, she probably was in a relationship where somebody had touched her. And I was like, it looked, I felt bad because I was like, she shouldn't, she should just be happy. Right. And, and, and David makes her happy. So let it be. Let it be. I mean, I know everyone likes to have opinions on their friends' relationships. And you always think that your friend deserves the best. And you feel, if you feel like they're settling for something that's less than the best, sometimes you want to say something. You're like, no, you deserve better. But 
I don't know, in my 36 years on this earth, I've learned that if you have a friend that's in a relationship and they're not being abused like physically or emotionally, like you keep your mouth shut. If they say they're happy, you don't get into it because it only hurts your friendship. I agree. And then you just, if there's a problem, then if, if they feel comfortable coming to you about it, then when they come to you and talk to you about it, that's when you can maybe voice an opinion you have. But until then, if there's, if you don't see anything like abusive or, you know what I mean? Like anything like you had just previously stated, like let them live, like they will figure it out <laughs> and they will come to you when they want to talk about it. Like, I feel like there's so much unsaid in this whole thing, which is like the show, right? Mm -hmm. This is all about the show. This is that yeah. Dolores, her job is to be on a reality show and she's got this boyfriend who's not into the reality show. And it reminds me a little bit of Paige um, from Summer House, although mm -hmm. her boyfriend Perry had never been on the show at all. But like, how can you be in a relationship long term when one person doesn't want to ever be on camera. I think that's why she has Frank. Exactly. Because now right? we're still getting that side of her. Exactly. And I think that that's okay, right? I don't 100%. know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you listen, I mean, we're, we're watching the show for entertainment purposes, but we still have to understand that they are also human people. Like they're, hu like they're human beings that also have their own life and probably want some aspect of privacy. And I just don't think that David wants to film. So leave him be. We're still getting so much with Dolores. We're getting her relationship with her mom now this season. And like mm -hmm. seeing that aspect, we've always had her and Frank and the, the kids now, like she's still giving us so much. We have, leave David be like maybe later on down the road, he'll want to come and he'll want to pop in. But until then she's, she's still giving, she's still giving it to us. So I'm okay with it. And What's so cool about this conversation is that all these moms are in these unusual relationships situations. Like they're not in these traditional marriages. Jackie's yeah. parents don't live together. I guess Dolores's mom doesn't live with her dad, you know, so they're all talking. And then, you know, I loved Jackie's mom where she's talking to Jennifer's mom, who's so concerned about the fact that she's not living with her husband and what everyone says. And she's just like, who gives a shit? And I was like, right. that was the most Jewish moment I've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. And I, you know, it's good for Jackie's mom to see these ladies as well, because she's in a situation where she's not living with her husband. Mm -hmm. So I mean, maybe it's good for her to see that, Jackie's mom is in a similar situation where they're still married. They, or I'm sorry, um, Dolores, both Dolores and Jackie's parents, they're both still married but live separately. So it, it's going to be good for Jennifer's mom to kind of see something like that. So you know what? It's 2021. People really write their own rules for their relationships. And I can understand how maybe – some people like wouldn't like they're very old school, but like times are different. Like let people just do what they want to do and leave it be. <laughs> if it's not affecting you, keep it moving. Worry about yourself. <laughs> That's what's so interesting about the Real Housewives of New Jersey is that I feel like there is always this tension between 
old school mentality and old school values, and then sort of modern uh, what's happening now and that you shouldn't care what people think and any relationship is okay. And it's it's like there's this constant tension. And it's interesting to see Dolores in this tension because she's one that always keeps talking about old school and this is old school Italian and this is how we do things. And then she's in a relationship that isn't old school Italian, right? She's not married. And so I just find it fascinating. I appreciate seeing the different sides of her. But I also appreciated seeing Jennifer's mom and she's saying, it was my culture to stay married. It's in my culture to care what other people think. We talk as a community about one another and we want to uphold the values that we grew up with. So, you know, I I find sometimes I judge a little bit watching mm-hmm. Jennifer and I judge a little bit maybe her culture and how she always seems to feel like she needs to she seems to be a little bit like misogynistic in her views but at the same time like who am i to judge this culture that she was raised in and that her parents you know are immigrants and they came and they were sharing their values with her and those are the values she took and she seems very happy and her children and her family seem very happy so like who am i to judge what her values are you know no, I completely agree. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's different for everybody. Like, every every family, every culture, every, everything is different. But I agree with you. Like, I look at situations as well where I'm just like, like maybe I'll look at it a little sideways, but who, like, who am I to judge? I, like, I wasn't raised like that person. So, I mean, as long as they're happy, then let it be. And maybe I'll learn something from them. You never know. <laughs> like, Totally. I also just love that Bravo has had so many housewives that are first generation Americans. Because mm-hmm. I'm a first generation American on my dad's side. He came from Moscow. Oh. And so, but my mom uh, was American. Mm-hmm. You know, her family had been here for a few, a few more decades. And so it's interesting. Like, I feel like I can see both worlds, you know, yeah. but there is something about an immigrant parent and the values that they instill on you and how much they remind you that they were lucky to get to this country mm-hmm. and that, you know, you take it for granted or whatever it is. And so it's been interesting watching like Tiffany Moon and Wendy Osefo. And then now you've got Jennifer and it's all different cultures right and different Mm -hmm. parents are from different countries but there is this um unique sort of like they really value their parents Mm -hmm. and they care about what their parents think about them in a way that i feel like some of the other housewives are like whatever i do what i want who cares what my mom says um but there's a yeah yeah no i get it especially like with wendy she like knows she knows what like the values her parents instilled in her and she really did take advantage of the opportunities that were given to her. I mean, she has four degrees. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I agree. I like seeing it as well because it brings a whole different kind of view as to what else is out there aside from like the blonde hair, blue eyed, like American girl that, you know what I mean? That's like your everyday person. So I like seeing both sides of it. I totally, I love it. I think mm-hmm. the more diversity we have on these shows, both, 
with like race, ethnicity, religion, country of origin. Mm -hmm. They're all it's I feel like I'm I'm getting like so much from these shows this year with like the new cast. And then of course, now we've got Leah McSweeney in New York, who I found out recently is apparently converting to Judaism. So uh, and that's apparently going to be a storyline. So I'll have lots to say about that one. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't hear that. Wow. Okay. We've got a a lot of diversity coming in. (laughs) A personal choice or what what is... Yeah. Yeah. She's making a personal choice to convert, apparently. And I will not comment on it till I see it. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, we shall see. We shall see. I really hope they show a Jewish conversion in a positive light, but I am not holding my breath. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 hey, if it's, if, if it's going to be on the season, I, I will wait to see how it pans out before making a comment. But I'm not one to comment. So I'll. <laughs> <laughs> I am one to comment. I'll let you, I'll let you take the reins I on that will, one. but <laughs> I feel like what everyone seems to know about Jewish conversion, they learn from Sex and the City. And so oh, I really God, hope <laughs> I really hope that the, whatever is shown on The Real Housewives of New York, it gives like it a bit of like reality, like what mm-hmm. it really is, and that this yeah. isn't just a gimmick. It's like something she's truly doing mm-hmm. um, because – yeah, people really, you know, they they tell you they're like, oh, all I know about conversion is Charlotte from Sex and the City, and that's that's why representation matters so much in entertainment because mm-hmm. if there's not another depiction of it, people don't have a way to conceptualize yeah. it. You know? Yeah, they can't. Yeah, their their view of what's going of how it, of what it is is exactly that a fictional character that did it for a storyline that like really isn't the way that it actually goes down. I'm intrigued to see how it is. If it's going to be on this season, I'm excited. I'm going to DM you a message about that. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to know I'm, if they're doing it accurately. I mean, I, and who am I? Like, I've never converted, right? I yeah, was born yeah, Jewish. But, um, you know, from what I understand, uh, you know, there's a very big difference between if you convert in Orthodox Judaism, like mm-hmm. to be modern Orthodox, the way that Ivanka Trump converted, mm-hmm. or if you convert in conservative Judaism or reform Judaism. So, um, you know, I've had a very close friend convert and was with her throughout some of that process. It's a long process. Oh, really? So it may be a few more seasons before yeah. we actually see <laughs> Leah as a Jew. <laughs> Oh my god! It can take like a year, two years. It can it can take oh, a while. Oh, yeah, it's definitely yeah. not something that happens um, quickly, and it's not a decision that Jews want people to make quickly. Like we really yeah. want you to think. <laughs> no, no, that makes sense. I'm I'm curious to see your opinion on that transition. On, yeah. on that conversion. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so anyways, I'm glad that we got to see all the moms and I'm glad that we're seeing on Jersey more than just this, what was painted as this old school Italian culture. We're seeing Turkish culture, Jackie's Jewish, you know, we're, we're getting more there and I, I love it. Um, so then the guys have their golf outing and it's so entertaining. These guys are so funny, you know, I want to hang out with them. I do too. I do too. Evan likes to hanging out with them. He was Mm -hmm. just grinning the entire time. Like I get to do this and I get paid for it. Exactly. Right. (laughs) It's so, yeah, it's so funny. Evan, speak about Evan. He looked good on that golf course. I'm just putting that out there. 
Jackie oh, is a lucky lady. He looks good all the time. All the, yeah, all day. All the time. <laughs> I mean, between him and then you've got Doug, Kamala's husband, you know, mm. and he's like blowing her kisses and cheering her on when she's, um, you know, at, at the speech that Biden did this yes. week. I was like, okay, we've got Evan, we've got Doug. Like, what are some other nice Jewish boys that we <laughs> yeah. can show off? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It was so funny. Also, during the um, party at the realtor's house, there was a time when things got really intense during the fight, and Evan just leaned in and was kissing um, Jackie's cheek and whispering in her ear. Oh, and that's I, cute. I, I rewound it, and I was like, he he knows how to keep her calm, you know, yeah. when tensions rise. Oh, man, but that golf outing was just... <laughs> It was crazy. So from the from the whatever they did, the competition that led to the butt kiss, like it was just all so entertaining. I wasn't here for it. Like these guys really just like take it to the next level. And I, I just every time they get together, like it's just it's it's amazing. It's good TV. It really is. I love how Melissa said, "Oh, you know." My husband, Joe, he's like an overgrown frat guy. You know, now it's like gross if you kiss a like grown man's ass. And I was like, when was it not gross? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, no, he like dropped trowel and like, <laughs> like his lips on his butt. I was like, what? In a pandemic. <laughs> like, like, what is going on? But you know what? I'm here for it. I thought it was hilarious. That photo will now forever live rent free in my head. I know. It's like in a pandemic of all things where like people are afraid to eat at buffets and everyone's got their masks and their face shields and the, you know, real housewives of Jersey and their husbands are their husbands are dropping trial on a golf course. Good for them. (laughs) I'm here for it. I'm here for it, too. So Joe tells all the guys that Teresa's in love. And, you know, I wonder how long they had held that in, Teresa and all all of them, because it sounds like everyone knew. It felt like Marge was pushing the storyline along. I agree. It really did feel like that. And you know what? With Joe telling them at the lunch after golf, I was like, oh, these guys love to gossip. They love the gossip. And I'm like, and then to find out that like Joe goes and tells Marge and Jackie's telling Evan, like, or Evan, sorry, that Evan's telling Jackie, like the boys are going back and telling their wives, like they're all just gossiping about it. And I love love it. I love it. Because Joe Gorga is probably like, these are my boys. They're not going to say anything. Nope. They run right to their wives and talk about it. It's hilarious. But he tells his wife everything too. Mm -hmm. Like they... It's just like yeah. none of them know how to keep a secret. Joe Gorga is a housewife. percent. Like the rest are house husbands, but like he's basically a housewife. We mm. would not have this franchise and the show the way that it is without Joe Gorga. He is a key ingredient to making the Real Housewives of New Jersey work. I agree. I agree. And I mean, he does more work on his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why for the show for the show 
But why is he so freaked out about her and her business ventures? Like, her business venture is primarily being on the show and making money off of being an influencer by being on the show. So the I think he's just pissed that she makes more than he does and, like, he feels, like, inadequate in some way. Yeah, that's. I think that's what it is as well because, like, she has the store – and she has people that work there. It's not like she's at the store every day. I'm assuming she's not. But you can't just expect her to be on the show and, like, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, she still wants to feel some type of independence or, like, purpose to, like, have to, like, get up and do something aside from just being a mom. I mean, you know what I mean? Her kids are growing up. They're, they're getting a little bit older. Like, I don't understand why he, like, what his grudge is with this and also why are you so mad about it if it's bringing more money into your home i think he wants to be the one bringing money in and that's oh, his yeah, no, job I know that, right like, it's just um again like that's sort of his kind of old school value old, and he yeah. pushes his value so hard on mm-hmm. others um it it was a lot seeing him go after dolores i have never Dislike Joe Gorga more in my life than I did in that moment. It was so inappropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, oh my gosh. So, well, first let's go into some other inappropriate things that happened at the the party. (laughs) So we've got um, the realtor trying to set up Teresa with this guy, Dave. Mm -hmm. Poor Dave shows up. No one tells him that Teresa actually has a boyfriend and is not interested. And um, Teresa's making up any excuse to not like him, including that he sleeps too much. (laughs) Oh, he sleeps too much? No. But even when, um, did you notice when they were introducing them and he said that, she was like, "Mm mm-mm. I know I saw her doing it. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, you weren't even giving him a chance. And I get it. Like when you are not interested in someone, you come up with all these reasons why you don't like them. Even when if you like liked the person, you would be fine with all of those things. Right. Yeah. But if you're not telling your girlfriends that you're dating somebody, of course, if they find a good text, they're going to try and hook you up with them. I feel like like she told her real girlfriends that she was dating. Mm -hmm. I feel like Marge knew. I feel like Dolores knew. Melissa obviously knew. And it's the others that maybe I think Jennifer probably knew. And so maybe this realtor woman, you know, didn't know. But that's the hard part when they try and keep things secret and it's not discussed, Mm -hmm. then it does take a bit of the authenticity away, you know, but I, at the same time, I understand Teresa not wanting to, she's this big personality on TV. She's very well known. She's probably not ready to bring a guy into that both because it could scare him or maybe he's too interested in her fame, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, um, which uh, yeah, which raises my like eyebrows with her current boyfriend. So it's the same guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's going to be on next week's episode. Ooh. I mean, again, yeah. just just after I said we shouldn't judge other people's relationships. <laughs> Here we are. Here, Here we, we are. are. Just like <laughs> I don't know about that guy. I'm a, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> like, I'll own it. <laughs> Oh my, goodness. my god! 
didn't even make it 20 minutes without judging somebody. I know. Um, and so they're like all sitting around talking, having drinks. And Melissa mentions the first time that she had sex with Joe, he sent her like 10 dozen roses. Mm-hmm. And then Marge jokes that the first time she slept with her husband, Joe, he told her, I got a shower because I don't want you to smell. My, I don't want my wife to smell you on me. Um, and that felt like it was really in poor taste mm-hmm. um, but it, for it's so many reasons. I know Marge likes to joke about it to sort of like reclaim her narrative and she's mm-hmm. honest about it. But there are other women there who've been cheated on. We've got the storyline this season where people were saying Jackie was getting cheated on. And mm-hmm. it just felt a little bit, um, I don't know, like in poor taste. I agree, but I also think Jackie was two sheets to the wind, so she didn't realize what was being said. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I wish Marge would just let that go. Like we we know. We know what happened. Like and I get you're trying to joke about it with your friends, but agreed, like you don't know how other people would feel about it. There's people at that party that you didn't even know. Like, I just wish she wouldn't have said that, but yeah, I mean Jackie she looked like she was more lit than a Christmas tree. I mean <laughs> Melissa Gorga, like I love I love a drunk Melissa Gorga. Me too. She was so funny. She's hilarious. Like trying to like still hook up Teresa with the boy and then like reading Teresa's text messages. It was just all so good. And, you know, good on Teresa for leaving a little bit early for a booty call. Like she can do what she wants, you know? And I like that Dolores said, you know, she's been through a lot. She's the single woman. Let her, let her live. I agree. And I mean, her and Joe, I mean, God only knows what she does in her personal life, but her and Joe haven't been together for what, how many years? Like, Like five. Yeah, and Teresa's all about her pineapple juice and this and that. I'm like, listen, let her go live her life. Who cares where she's going? She's going to have some fun and good for her. And so then everything turns on Dolores. And everyone's, you know, chatting about how David got her a Porsche and that's a way to delay giving her a ring. And, I mean, do you think it's true that Dolores told everyone last season, I really want a ring from him, and then just when she didn't get it, she just dropped it and never brought it up again with them? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the way that it's coming off. I feel like maybe at the time that's really what she wanted, but then you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And maybe if they just came to a common ground that right now it's just not going to happen and they're just going to continue to, like, go about the way that they're living their life and handling their relationship now. We don't know, but, like, to comment on it and, like, have Evan comment on it saying, oh, it's a stall, and then having whatever his face is, (laughs) Michelle Pais or whatever her name is, her husband, having him comment it, on it saying the same thing like who cares like right if she was mad about it she probably would have turned down the porsche but like oh god it drives me crazy it's just interesting that they decided to bring this issue up on camera Mm -hmm. i just find it interesting what comes up on camera and what doesn't and so i think maybe they feel like dolores isn't sharing everything on camera so that's why it comes out like i feel like whenever one of them or the group thinks that someone isn't being forthcoming like Mm -hmm. they kind of push it out of them like with Teresa having a relationship you saw Marge asking and pushing and pushing and finally it comes out right and so then you know I don't even know who is pushing so much if it's the Gorgas or whatever about Dolores but they're just not letting it go and then 
you know, Joe's speech mocking Dolores for not being happy, saying she's in denial. David can't give her affection because he's at the, you know, at the hospital all the time working. Whew. It was rough. And this and this actually just came to my mind. So I don't know. Tell me your thoughts. Do you think that maybe they were doing it because they were looking for storylines to keep the show going because they were afraid they weren't going to have anything because of COVID? Me, like, I wonder that. Like, I, that's what I was yeah. thinking for why Teresa came in swinging with the Jackie and Evan mm-hmm. thing. But this, I mean, it seems like it's something that just it's like recurring every season. And so I don't I don't know. And I don't know why Joe, you know, when he's like, you ruined her. This is a broken woman to say a woman is broken. Yeah, didn't he say like with a scarred heart or something yes. like that? Like, oh my god! In front of an entire cocktail party, including people she didn't know. Yep, I would have been more. I was mortified for her. I I was too. And even if the women and all of them are confused about what she wants, you don't need to phrase it that way. And then, you know, Jackie was definitely right. Also coming from Joe Gorga, who's known her. For so many years to think that's appropriate. Like you should have said something to her on the side. Totally. I think Jackie was right that Joe was trying to send a message to Melissa potentially. Mm-hmm. But whoo. And Dolores, you know, she defends herself very well. She says, I threw out my husband when I was nine months pregnant. I wouldn't stay with a guy if I didn't want to. And if that is not a good defense of her current relationship and but she does what she wants to do then I don't think anything is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, she handled it well. And I like in, I like when Dolores puts them in their place and kind of just, like, tells them to, like, shut the fuck up. Like, don't, you don't do, like, just, he did that in very poor taste, especially for being such good friends with uh, Frank and then being, knowing her for so long, to feel that he... And, and, and you know what? I'm. It's not even an excuse. They were all drunk, so like I don't even want to blame it on the alcohol. But to bring it up and it's like such poor timing. It was just like it was. I just looked at him and I'm like, wow, man, you're an asshole. Like it was not. It was rude. It was so rude. So then she's like, we gotta leave, Frank. Mm-hmm. We're out of here. And so then she and he's like, why are you yelling at me? And she's like, because I'm angry. <laughs> And then I love that they got in the car and she's like, don't talk to me for five minutes. Oh, um, yeah. And he's like, okay. (laughs) That is like, she is a woman. I like, how could you say she doesn't know what she wants? She just told someone, don't speak to me for five minutes. You know how like in tune with yourself you need to be to tell someone, you know what? I'm really angry and I just need you to give me a moment. Yeah. I don't have that. When I get angry, I, I should do that. I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, start, I'm learning from Dolores. I'm yeah. going to tell people. Yeah, I mean, I just, I start, I say, anything comes out of my mouth. Like, and I don't ever just need to sit there and be quiet. Like, I mean, good for her. Like, and I, oh, I just wanted to bring up too, I don't mean to backtrack, but when he was saying that stuff to, when Joe Gorga was saying that stuff to her, and she said, well, I don't want to be in a relationship where someone gets mad at me if I'm walking to the car in front of them. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. you. Thank God somebody said it. (laughs) Because during that whole entire argument, I was like, why is he so mad that she's just walking to the car? (laughs) 
I think, I don't know if it just triggered in him that like, oh, my wife acts as if I'm not there. But I think he was so used to having her dote on him and him doing the same that they had almost an unhealthy like attachment to one another. And now that she's a bit more independent, he wants to feel needed. Yeah. You know, but to get angry, I do think so much of it has to do with alcohol. And I also think a lot of it has to do with COVID. Like with mm-hmm. with everything, there's just been so much stress and there's so much unknown. And I don't care how like roll with the punches kind of a person you are, the amount of uncertainty and like just not knowing what's coming next and mm-hmm. how long things are going to be like this that people were dealing with, especially at this time last year where this was getting filmed, you can't explain just what it can do to people's psyche. And I think it drives people nuts. A hundred percent. You know? Yeah. I mean, they're probably, yeah. It's like, I don't know what they did during their quarantine process, but to have not had, not been able to be around people, people for so long that now they're going to these dinners and parties and they're filming that now they're just like, I think they're too excited to be like in a situation. So that's where kind of things are getting a little out of control. Yeah. And probably drinking more, you know, oh, 100%. They sure. were, like, throwing back shots. I saw um, Dolores taking shots. I was like, I don't, I don't think I've seen Dolores take a shot before. Right. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's throwing it back. And it was so funny how before they went, that like all the women were talking to their husbands about like Joe Gorga always gets you drunk. Like watch yeah. out, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny because it's true it really is he really is the center like people say Teresa is the glue that holds the show together and she's the center I think it's Joe Gorga yeah because if Teresa left all the other ladies would still stay and Joe would be like this the one holding all of them together because he's friends with all the husbands it's like right I agree with you oh man Jersey's so good isn't it it's so good I mean I know you said Started later, and you have to go back to the earlier seasons because you have to see the Caroline Manzo dramas, all of that stuff. It really is like next level because it's all um, a lot of it is all based around family. Mm-hmm. So to see all of that is so it's really you can't compare it to any other franchise. It is so unique, you mm-hmm. know that that family is so integral, and it's proven so well on Jersey and then you go to Dallas they their finale all the husbands came to the ranch to be with them and -hmm. there wasn't enough content to even make the finale with the husbands like the husbands were barely there yeah there was nothing that happened there was no chemistry it was it was just awkward yeah I mean New Jersey does it differently I don't think there's another franchise where um, like the significant other, the husbands are as close as these guys. Like they, people joke about it all the time. They can have uh, like a, a short series that I would watch, just them hanging out and doing crazy stuff. Like totally, and I love how they've embraced Evan and Bill. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's I, I feel like you can't get rid of the current cast. You could only add another person. Agreed, and they've had the same cast for a few years now. And I really, I really hope. That they don't get rid of anybody. I really hope they just add in because they're they got a good dynamic going, and I don't want to see it end. Same, and even though I criticize Marge, like she is my favorite on the show, yeah. and I adore her, you know. And it's I think it's 
And even though Jennifer hasn't been my favorite on the show, I also think she serves such an important role. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like this is such a perfect example of how and why these shows are an ensemble cast and why you need so many different kinds of personalities to make it work. Yep. 100% agree. Totally. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast this week, Larry. Tell everyone where they can find you. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. You're so easy to talk to. I (laughs) I could have gone on for another hour. Yeah, (laughs) I could have gone on for another hour. You'll Um, have to come back. A hundred percent. So it's just Instagram at Bravo by Gaze. Um, I do have a Twitter at the same handle as well. I always say don't expect much content from me there because I, the Instagram is enough. (laughs) Um, but yes, yeah, so I do that. And then I do um, a room on Clubhouse under Club Bravo for Summer House recaps. And then I'm going into Shaw's Fridays at nine. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Mandy. Thank you. So everyone follow. Uh, what's your Twitter? What's your handle on Clubhouse? It's under, yeah, it's under at Bravo by Gaze. At Bravo by Gaze. Okay, so everyone check out Clubhouse. Follow Larry on Instagram. Show him some love. Um, he's fantastic and you will have to come back because we're going to have to recap some more, some more shows. Anytime you want. I, like I said, I could have gone on another hour with you. It's so much fun. I could talk about this honestly all day. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I do. (laughs) I know. Right. Have a good day.